be live here right about <laughs> now. It's your old pal Emac coming to you on a Saturday morning with Greg Ehrenberg. We're both lamenting how cold it is in our respective locations. I'm at a chilly 46 degrees here in Florida with an actual wind chill advisory. Greg's slumming it there. It's uh, 15 degrees in New Oh, York yeah, here. it has been. Uh, it's 15, which is actually, I think, the warmest overnight temperature I've had here in the last week. So 15 <laughs> degrees, a little, little bit of a heat wave here in New Jersey. It has been frigidly cold. And uh, as people know, I was uh, hoodwinked by a high school kid who did not shovel my driveway, even though I paid him money. And as a result, I was trying to get myself food last night, and my entire driveway is a sheet of ice. I took a picture and I sent it in our Discord because uh, they've, they've been making fun of me because I got had by a high school kid. Paid him the paid. I, I've told this story multiple times on the channel now, but paid him fifteen dollars to shovel the driveway, and uh, he took the money and he did not shovel the driveway while I was working. See the best part of that now in the in Virginia where I am in the suburbs, I I can I at least recognize most of the kids in the neighborhood because um, I got to see them grow up for you know six or seven years. I can't remember all their names anymore, and, and half of them can drive. But I would pretty much know if it was a different kid that came and offered to shovel. <laughs> but but that's the perfect move. I heard you telling that story, and I was like, this is great. Just go one neighborhood over, get a dork like me or you answering the door. Sure, here's, here's 20 bucks. Here's 40 bucks. Take this off my plate. And I'd never know who they were or how to find them again. <laughs> If it wasn't one of the kids that lived on, you know, a couple houses on either side of us. Too funny. That's a that's a great strategy. Hey, I, I give him props for it. But I'm sure people don't want to hear me talk about it again because I've done uh, lots of shows last few days. And I've told that story uh, too many times on too many shows at this point. So people are going to think that I'm a babbling idiot and they don't want to hear me say the same things over and over again. But we hey, do have stay off my corner, Greg. Yeah, stay off my corner. <laughs> we we do have the uh, NBA slate today as well. I've already run lineups here in the Sims. You guys can see that it's on screen. And uh, one thing I thought would be a fun way just to start the show, Emac, before we start going into the game by game breakdown here, I do have here favorite. I thought people might enjoy. As of this morning, things obviously not only are uh, probably going to change, but almost certainly going to change here. But at least as of this morning. This is, of the lineups I built, the number one projected simulated ROI in the contest generator and Sims tool. So built the lineups in the contest generator, simulated them out here, and uh, people might be interested to see that the lineup that I have that projects the best in here has Donovan Mitchell, Sam Merrill, Patrick Williams, Wemby, who is going to be back after resting yesterday, Xavier Tillman, Colin Sexton, Santi Aldama, and Fred Van Vliet. So just kind of interesting way to kick off the show and see what the top lineup looks like amongst the ones that I have built here. But uh, we could start getting into the game-by-game game here, Emac, and we'll look at some of the projections we're getting to. Absolutely. Let's jump right on into it. Reminder for all of you guys that are listening on the podcast, we have lots of podcast channels here. Not only do we have the main stochastic feed, we also have the NFL and the MLB feed or and NBA feed as well. MLB a little dormant at the moment. Plus, there is the Odd Shopper sister um, channel that has their podcast feed, and you can get Betting You. That is for mostly for college football, but on occasion, Ben Raza and uh, Matt Kajewski may start dropping a little bit of uh, college basketball uh, knowledge there. So a lot of fun. And of course, you can use that knowledge on either the DFS sites or that MGM, who's the presenting sponsor of the show, coming through the link below us here in the YouTube description. Click on that, create your bet MGM account, uh, wager $5 on anything. You don't even have to win. Wager $5 and you get 158 back in bonus bets. That is celebrating Super Bowl. 58. 
All righty, Greg. Uh, so what do we got? Seven games here, mm-hmm. I believe, is where we have landed. Yes, indeed. So uh, looking at our first one here, we've got a couple at seven o'clock. Uh, let's talk. You mentioned uh, Wembenyama. Let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs. They're in Washington taking on the Wizards tonight. Wizards are favored by a bucket, 241 and a half projected point total here. Uh, San Antonio is going to be without Zach Collins. He did start in place of uh, Wembenyama last night. I believe he had missed about 10 games, um, but he was back. But uh, I don't think he'll play back to backs for conditioning. Uh, Wembenyama was out the, of the last game, uh, but this is a back to back and a three and four. For San Antonio, they also play in Philadelphia on Monday. Last night, they lost in Charlotte, 124 to 120. So uh, we had uh, Devin Vassell played 36 minutes. Jeremy Sohan played 34. Trey Jones, 32. And Kelvin Johnson played 29. Washington, on the other hand, is coming in uh, after a day of rest. They do play tomorrow on Sunday. They are going to be hosting Denver. Uh, Daniel Gafford is the only one questionable on the Washington side. He uh, missed the last game with a concussion. And of course, they now have uh, Marvin Bagley having moved um, around some expiring contracts to Detroit for a couple second round picks, Bagley and Isaiah Livers. So Greg, the floor is your yours. We should one. Talk about uh, Victor Wembanyama, who has just been outstanding in 24 to 26 minutes per game. And then this is a remember me game. We have Tyus Jones and Trey Jones pointing at each other. They're brothers. Does that make a difference for you? That's got to be in your model. Uh, no. So what uh, what <laughs> does matter, though, is that this is a very up-paced game. It has a total of 240 and a half points. So that is the largest on the slate by a very wide margin. So there's only... One other game on the slate that has a total north of 230, and that is the Utah and Houston game. So this game, 240 and a half point total. We saw yesterday a number of players went off in that Spurs-Hornets game. It was absolutely needed for DFS purposes, and I feel fairly similarly about this one today. And uh, you guys will see right over here some players that I'm currently getting exposure to and kind of surprised that there isn't more ownership coming into the Spurs, particularly here on Wemby, only projected for 12% ownership, showing up in 21% of my top lineups. And I know that we haven't seen Wemby play big minutes lately. I do think that's going to start to change in the near future. So it does seem like they are going to be resting him in back-to-back sort of situations. But to me, that is going to allow them to extend his minutes in some of these other games where he is rested. And we've seen that a little bit more the last couple of games. So Last time out against Boston, it was a blowout, but we saw 27 minutes out of Wemby. The game before against the Hawks, he also played 27 minutes. And now 27 minutes to a lot of people, Mac. That's not going to seem like a lot of playing time because it isn't. But for Victor Wembenyama, and especially the way we've seen him make improvements as the years gone on, which is going to be the case, right? This is a generational talent. Look at some of the points per minute production we've gotten from him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, January 12th against the Hornets. He played 19 and a half minutes, scored 46 fantasy points. Game before that against the Pistons, 21 minutes over 50 fantasy points. Game before that against the Cavs, who have a good defense, 24 and a half minutes over 50 fantasy points. So now if we're going to be getting 27, 28 minutes from Wemby, which is where I do predict, predict his minutes to be tonight, I think that he is a payoff option with a sneaky amount of upside that the field isn't recognizing by only playing him in 12% of lineups here. So uh, Wemby, very, very high upside play. There is some risk if his minutes end up uh, just uh, going back to like the 22, 23 range. But as as things look right now, I think there's a good amount of upside in him. 
All right. I think I think the overarching strategy, though, is for uh, the Spurs to lose this game. They lost to Charlotte. They're going to lose to Washington. That's going to keep those two teams above them in the standing, securing them one of the bottom three spots and the uh, maximum number of ping pong goals in the lottery. That is my macro take, but I absolutely agree with you on the micro take. In looking at um, Wemanyama and trying to ride up the Spurs for yesterday, you really you hit it on the head. I mean, you're mentioning that Wemanyama Wembenyama basically is vacating about 24 to 25 minutes, 15 to 16 field goal attempts, and about a dozen rebounds. So that's when he's out, there's not a ton really to go everywhere else. Everybody just kind of gets a little more usage. But, oh, dear God, imagine what he's going to look like in three years. This could put uh, Giannis and Embiid and Antetokounmpo to shame. I mean, he literally could be averaging like 2.2 fantasy points per minute. Of course, extended minutes. That could make it a little bit tougher to keep up the level of efficiency he has now. But you're right. Generational talent is doing him a disservice at this point for that description. Anything else you really want to hit on here for the Spurs? It wouldn't shock me if uh, somebody got the night off tonight between Johnson or Vassell, et cetera. But um, is there anything else you want to point out here? Yeah, I mean, just some other players here. They're showing up in lineups. A little bit of Champagny, who uh, I'm expecting to stick in the starting lineup. Jeremy Sokan as well. And then uh, also, because some people in the chat asking about uh, FanDuel, there is one FanDuel-specific option that stands out, who doesn't stand out quite as much on DraftKings. That is uh, Devin Vassell. Being $6,900 with shooting guard eligibility on FanDuel, he is expected to be a little bit popular, project for 23.8% ownership on FanDuel. But in my run of FanDuel lineups, because I did run lineups for both FanDuel and DraftKings, but uh, just for screen sharing purposes, it's pretty difficult to go back and forth between the two because I'd have to be constantly favoring and unfavoring lineups. Uh, so I have DraftKings being displayed on screen, but I also have on another screen here FanDuel lineup, so I'll read those off as well. Uh, key play for me on FanDuel that doesn't show up as much on DraftKings. Uh, Devin Vassell actually did show up in just over 40% of FanDuel lineups, so for sure core play at a, a nice $6,900 price tag. All right, uh, heading over to the Washington side, they just have lots of people playing average minutes. Uh, anybody could fall into more, but at this point, the team just doesn't really seem to be caring about anything except losing. Um, the Sacramento Kings, act, or pardon me, the San Antonio Spurs actually are playing at a slightly faster pace than Washington over the last 10 games. They're both in the top 10, Washington allowing 119 points per 100 possessions. That is a bottom eight. Uh, defensive efficiency rating over that same time frame here. If Gafford is out, um, uh, Bagley is going to be interesting once again. However, his price is, is uh, a little bit uh, higher uh, than it was previously. He's 5K on FanDuel or DraftKings, so that went up a full $1,000. So he's really going to need to get like 30 minutes to put up the similar proportional or have the similar proportional impact that he did in the last game, he's live for a double-double, especially if Gafford's out. But just keep an eye on that because the, the salary has gone up quite a bit. Anything you want to call out from the Washington side here? If Gafford's out again, I just don't see how you avoid playing Bagley. Even with the price being up, like you had mentioned, Emac, he's got to be more expensive on FanDuel and DraftKings. But there's no other big men on this team, which is why in his debut... Daniel Gafford is out. Marvin Bagley is on the team. Like, jumps off the plane, throws on the jersey for the first time. He played 39 minutes. He's a good fantasy producer as well. Absolutely terrible from a real-life perspective. He's overpaid as well. But we have a guy here who averages just over a fantasy point per minute. 
if he is going to once again start for the team with Gafford out, because I don't know who else they would potentially go to, he's playing close to 40 minutes again, barring foul trouble. And if that's the case, he's projecting for around 40 fantasy points. So last slate, we were really trying to project his minutes as conservatively as possible. If I remember correctly, I think we projected him for like 26 or 27 minutes. And even then, he's showing up in 100% of my lineups last slate. And I'm looking at the rotation for the Wizards and guys who could potentially play center minutes. And you're starting to go like, there's nobody else to play big men minutes unless they wanted to go really small, which ultimately they didn't. And now you consider the matchup as well. If they are going to be without Daniel Gafford, you can't go out and play Kyle Kuzma at center against Victor Wimbanyama on the other side. You need the size of Marvin Bagley. Bagley plays close to 40 minutes, in my opinion, if Gafford is out again. So that is certainly something to keep an eye on. If Gafford plays, we don't consider Marvin Bagley, but that's that's the key storyline from this game. No, and that's a, that's a really good call out because I was mentally thinking that he's kind of 26-28 going forward, but you're absolutely right. When you look at the the rest of the roster here for the Wizards. They just, they don't really have front court players. I mean, Gafford is literally the only one on the roster listed as a center. And even he is, you know, he's 6'10". He is the tallest. Bagley also 6'10", listed as power forward. But then after that, you got a whole bunch of people that are 6'6". So, and Danny Optia, who is not going to be guarding uh, Victor Wembanyama, at least in the paint. He may front him around the, the perimeter, but not in the paint. So good call out. Uh, wow. It could be another uh, Marvin Bagley day. And I, for one, would like to say good as a pseudo Washington Wizards fan. I, we've been waiting for a good fantasy producer on a bad team. Thought it was going to be Kuzma. They capped curb his minutes. Hoped it was going to be Jordan Poole. He's just been a disaster. Perhaps it will be Bagley for at least a, a game or two if Gafford remains in the concussion protocol. Let's move on to our second game here. This is our other 7 o'clock game. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. They are in Charlotte taking on the Hornets. Sixers are 11-point favorites, 228 uh, projected point total here. Philadelphia is going to be without Robert Cummington. He is missing his ninth game with sore knees. Um, uh, D'Anthony Melton is out with a back issue. This will be his fourth game missed. Mobamba has missed the last three games. He's questionable with a back issue. And then uh, Springer is questionable with an ankle. He has missed the last three games. This is a back-to-back for Philadelphia. They play on Monday uh, against the, the Spurs. So um, they get a nice, uh, easy uh, two-game uh, set here over the next 72 hours. Last night, they won in Orlando, 124-109. You had Tobias Harris with 35 minutes, Tyrese Maxey with 34, Kelly Oubre Jr. with 32, and Embiid played 31 or 32 as well. Uh, on the Charlotte side, they've got a whole bunch of people that are kind of dinged up. Uh, last night, uh, of course, they ended up Beating uh, the Spurs, 124-120. Uh, you've got uh, McGowan, who Bryce McGowan has missed the last two games with a hip injury, and Nick uh, Richards missed the last game with an ankle injury. They're both questionable. Uh, Nick Williams has basically been announced. He is going to be out at least another month with his back issue. He's already missed a month. And then you've got uh, Gordon Hayward coming back potentially in 7 to 10 days, but he's missed the last 12. Um, last night, their minutes went uh, to 39 to Bridges, um, uh, Bryce Wait, what's Miller's name? I've lost track of his name. The rookie. Brandon Bryce Miller. Mc- Brandon Miller. Yeah. You, you combine Brandon Miller. Miller and Bryce McGowan's into Bryce Miller, who's a who's a pitcher 
in in baseball. So you got a, a bunch of guys being combined there. It's we're we're just it's an amalgamation of things here, Greg. Uh, thirty five minutes for Miller, thirty four for Rogier, thirty two for Ball, Cody Martin off the bench, twenty, and then their backup center Mensa played twenty. They only played eight guys in the rotation, so it was a rather thin rotation. So there's a lot to unpack here, Greg. Uh, Embiid dropped the hammer. I think he had 22 points or something in the first half. It was pretty insane. Uh, start off with Embiid. Can can we go to him tonight? Uh, can can he get enough raw points in 30, 30 minutes, 28 minutes to make a difference? Well, I don't see any reason he would only play 28 minutes. Blowout, an ass kicking, an absolute thrashing of the Hornets. I mean, the, the our 11 the point road is- favorites. Yeah, the, the spread of the game is 11 points. It's not a game where I'd say like, oh my God, we have to predict that Joel Embiid only plays 28 minutes. Uh, most games, more often than not, when the spread's 11 points in a road game, you'd think it's probably more often to say competitive than not, especially when you consider Sixers, you know, traveling on the road tail end of a back-to-back. It's not something that I would aggressively go out and say that I expect Joel Embiid to play less than 20 minutes. As far as a payup option goes, he's serviceable on DraftKings, less so on FanDuel because he is so expensive on FanDuel, and we can only roster one center. So at 12-5 on FanDuel, one center site, I don't really get to him in lineups. DraftKings, he shows up in just over 12% of lineups for me. And the only guy I'm getting to on DraftKings from the 76ers is Joel Embiid. One thing that is a little tricky about them is that, at least on DK, the rest of the team has still kind of been priced up a little bit for Joel Embiid's absence because he missed, what was it, five, six games, whatever it was, with the knee soreness. So DraftKings has left a lot of those players priced up. And then I also think they might have built it into their algorithm that this is the tail end of a back-to-back. Joel Embiid might rest. And with that being in mind, they didn't want it to be too underpriced of 76ers players. So as of right now, nothing projects all that, way, all that well from Philly outside of Joel Embiid. One thing that stands out particularly on FanDuel, though, is Kelly Oubre at a $5,500 price tag. It's not that that presents the most value in the world. It is a little bit of an underprice for Kelly Oubre, but the pricing is fairly tight on FanDuel today and really good position eligibility for Oubre at shooting guard and small forward eligibility. So he's project for 14% ownership. I think that he is a very favorable play on FanDuel just mostly because of the positionality. It gives him a lot of flexibility. All right, you're the cold bucket of reality, Greg. This is not fun. I thought you were like a comedian or something once upon a time. Tell us some jokes. uh, Make us laugh. Joel Embiid not playing less than 30 minutes. That's the the, the big joke is that Joel Embiid will play 28 minutes. Potentially. Potentially. We shall see. Uh, He is, uh, once again, uh, crushing it in uh, the points per game uh, race. He is regularly hitting 40. NBA points. It's just, he's beyond impressive. Uh, looking to the other side here, uh, Lamella Ball is the only one that really pops up from a, a fantasy point uh, per dollar rate on DraftKings. He gets to the 5.1, which is usually the cutoff for where, uh, on a slate this size, where the optimizers are going to pick him up. He's still in single digit popularity. And then nobody above 4.6, it's Ball, again, on uh, fan, FanDuel. But nobody really exciting there. You are getting Brandon Miller uh, at uh, 10%. Small forward might be a little tough tonight. He was nailing the threes last night. Be interesting to see if he can continue that going forward. He's like a younger version of perhaps a Gordon Hayward uh, or someone. And they, the chat does not like me. There's no fronting the perimeter. Well, he may shake his hand as he races by the lane and goes for an uncontested layup. 
you never know what's going to happen in the NBA these days. What do you have from the Hornets? Is there anything that stands out to you without anybody sitting tonight? Not if nobody sits. If everybody plays, it's a tough matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers. Also a tail end of a back-to-back for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so as of right now, the answer is no. If everybody plays, there's nothing all that interesting. You guys will see my exposures on screen here. I've 2.7% of the mellow ball. Nothing else coming into my lineups from the Charlotte Hornets as of now. But Nick Richards is questionable. If Nick Richards doesn't play, the player who stands to gain the most is P.J. Washington. This is going to be a, uh incredibly difficult matchups for Washington against Joel Embiid. So maybe they decide to go to Nathan Menza at starting center if Nick Richards is out just to get a little bit more size up against Joel Embiid. But... Menza sucks. He's terrible, especially from a fantasy perspective. We were talking about it last night on Live Before Lock about what happens if Menza starts and Nick Richards is out because we we knew that Nick Richards wasn't going to play last night, but we didn't know what the Hornets starting lineup was. And then we're starting to look through myself, Matt, Lee. We're looking at Nathan Menza's uh, points per minute fantasy production this year, and you start to figure out that, like, there's no way to project him well. You could give this guy – a mass amount of minutes, Emac, and he's still not going to come out looking all that good. He's playing 14 minutes per game this year and averaging about 17 and a half DraftKings points. And he's in a tough matchup against Joel Embiid. So if you take his points from a fantasy production for the year and you say, all right, Menz is going to play 30 minutes, like and there's that's an astronomical amount of minutes to project him for, you would come out with a projection of like 16 and a half fantasy points for him in this matchup. So even if Nick Richards is out, and Nathan Menza starts, not somebody I want to be rostering for DFS purposes. The guy I do want to play and who I hope starts in this scenario would be P.J. Washington. You would have to be a little bit worried about foul trouble. He got himself into foul trouble last night as the starting center, but ultimately he was one of the best points per dollar plays on the slate, even though he picked up the four personal fouls. He played 28 minutes. He scored 30 fantasy points. So P.J. Washington would be the top play by a mile from the Charlotte Hornets if Nick Richards is ruled out. But if Nick Richards plays, there's not really anything to see here. Yeah, I'm just pulling up uh, Mensa's per 36. In the 15 games that he has played, he has 7.1 fouls per 36 minutes. So pretty pretty heavy uh, foul right there. Shall we move on to our next game, which actually has some fantasy goodness for us? Well, let's do it. Cleveland Cavaliers favored by a bucket in Atlanta tonight, 231 projected point total. You, of course, still have uh, no Darius Garland or Evan Mobley. Karis LeVert, doubtful with a wrist issue. Uh, He did play the last game, but uh, I'm guessing he's probably not going to play tonight. The last time the Cavs took the court was Wednesday. They play next on Monday. Atlanta will be without uh, DeAndre Hunter. This is his 15th game. He has missed with a knee issue. Last night, Trey Young was out due to an illness. Uh, This is a back-to-back and a three and four. Atlanta actually won in Miami, 109-108, without uh, young last night, you had Dejounte Murray playing 40 minutes, Sadiq Bey 36, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich played 35, and Jalen Johnson played 34. And then, of course, Capella and uh, Kongwu split the center minutes. Uh, Kongwu had 28 off the bench. Uh, Capella played about 22, or maybe it was 26, 22, some, something in the slight edge to Kongwu last night. Uh, what do you want to do here? And uh, is it is it the Spider-Man? Is he looking good? Is it potentially Sam Merrill? What do you got from the Cleveland side for us? Yeah, so uh, as you guys could see on screen, uh, two players that are making into a bunch of my lineups that are benefiting from the absence of Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell and Sam Merrill. So different reasons that these guys stand out. Sam Merrill, it's because of the playing time that he's expected to pick up in the absence of Karis LeVert. We've seen him 
in some of these spots this year where Sam Merrill plays extended minutes and he's done fairly well in some of those spots, especially when his shooting gets, gets hot. Cause we've seen some games where he's had to play, you know, 20 to five to 30 minutes. And if he's making his threes, his usage picks up and then he ends up knocking down a lot of shots. And if you look at this team here, there are just not a lot of players that we could expect ownership that, that we could expect usage to go to. And that's one of the other reasons too, that Donovan Mitchell projects quite well and then also kind of plays into Sam Merrill because he's one of the only players that's capable of creating some sort of perimeter offense. If we look at the recent usage for Donovan Mitchell, he returned from injury on December 29th. So he got hurt December 18th. He missed a week and a half of play, comes back, and most of the team is injured. You know, there's no Darius Garland. There's no Evan Mobley and uh, no Karis LeVert today. Usage rate of north of 30% every single game except for one since Donovan Mitchell returned from injury. And that one game was a uh, 27 usage game that he had against the San Antonio Spurs. So last three games, I mean, 36% usage, 31%, 45%. There was that one 37, uh, 27% usage game against the Spurs. Before that, 36, 35, 31, 31% usage. And that comes with a really high assist rate right now for Donovan Mitchell as well. He's doing nearly everything for this team. And now we're taking Karis LeVert off the court as well. It's really hard to not want to get to Donovan Mitchell. Look at our projection on him, Mac. North of 57 fantasy points. So I think Donovan Mitchell is even a 20.6% ownership way under own. So I got to him about half my lineups. He's one of the top overall options on the slate. Sam Merrill is one of the top value options. And that, that goes for FanDuel and for DraftKings. Even on FanDuel, where Donovan Mitchell is 10,600, he still makes it into 40% of my lineups. And Sam Merrill at $4,800 over on FanDuel, currently projecting as the best value play on the slate. So lots to like here from the Cleveland Cavaliers with Karis LeVert not playing. Yeah, that that uh, projection is rarefied error. I mean, we we can see we see him get the actual results, and he can easily crest up to sixty fantasy points. But having a median projection in the upper fifties is just it's just impressive. Uh, all in all, Greg, it's he's going to surprise. He's probably going to be the core play of the day in the uh, free. NBA DFS article that will be posted around lunchtime here on the Stochastic channel. For those of you playing uh, Saturday NFL, we've got uh, breakdowns of both games, uh, ranked players at every position that is free, that is on the homepage uh, there, because we care about you guys here at Stochastic. So help us out. Hit the like button on this video. That is always very useful. And subscribe. We're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers here on the old uh, YouTube channel. Plus, uh, you can also uh, leave a five-star rating or review over there on any of our Twitter or our Twitter, our uh, podcast pages. So very helpful as well. Uh, let's assume Trey is healthy tonight. How do you feel about Atlanta? If we assume that Trey Young plays, nothing looks good at all. Okay. So it's he's questionable to play with an illness. I do tend to think he's more likely to play than not. Ended up sitting out yesterday and He's been on the injury report with illnesses a good amount as of late. And, you know, hard to know to uh, what to make of that exactly. But, yeah, I mean, uh, flu season hitting the NBA hard. And I suspect there's also a lot of players that have had COVID recently as well. And that's probably been working its way through the NBA. So numerous reasons that we've seen players sitting out games. I do think Trey Young is going to be back after sitting yesterday. We ended up seeing Bogdanovich move into the starting lineup. And he was massive chalk. Ended up putting up a bit of a stinker. He did pick it up in the second half, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been, Emac. With like a minute left in the first half, he had two points, one turnover, and no other stats. It's like, oh my God, this guy's going to ruin all my lineups. So ultimately what ended up happening was playing him. 
he didn't make you win any tournaments for sure. You weren't going to win anything with him, but you could at least min cash with the 20 plus fantasy points you got out of Bogdan Bogdanovich yesterday. So if we do see Trey Young sit, Bogdanovich is likely to move into the starting lineup once again. And then DeJounte Murray takes on a much bigger role for the team this year with Trey Young off the court. DeJounte Murray, 29.6% usage rate leading the team. And that is followed up by Bogdan Bogdanovich, 24.3% usage rate for him in the minutes that he's played without Trey Young. So uh, two guys, DeJounte Murray and Bogdan Bogdanovich, that if we do see Trey Young sit again, they would be the ones who benefit the most. All righty, uh, a couple chats here. We've got uh, Cracker Jack says, great Emac, a pair of brown shoes in a black tuxedo world. Love to see that. I was going to have a collared shirt on today, but it's so cold here in Florida. I just put on a uh, a sweatshirt uh, instead and figured, well, the collar is going to get hidden by the hood. So uh, no collared shirt for me today. Uh, we've got uh, Humble asking who are his must-have picks to, uh, for today. If you're just playing one, we can hit on that. Uh, and then uh, Peyton Bunn asking uh, some questions about uh, the various SIM products that are out there. I'm going to drop the link here to the Stochastic landing page. Uh, there are a couple videos, write-ups, and descriptions of everything that the SIM packages do here. Um, you can check that out. You can see on Greg's screen where he's sharing that. Uh, in the upper right, there's a set of a link that'll take you to the landing page for various tutorials, etc., on on how to utilize the SIMs as well. Uh, you can, I'm assuming, do that at the other site you're looking at and uh, kind of see the differences and figure out what you'd like to do. Uh, we like our product. It has done uh, quite well. Uh, so far. So I'm not able to speak to the other one, but uh, I like using our Sims package. And Greg, recently released MMA Sims. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sounds I like, like, I like how you phrase it if it's me. Like I'm the only, here's what I, here, here's what I am. I'm, I'm not I'm, calling you Adam. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm See a, what I'm I did there? Adam. I'm saying I'm a uh, monkey idiot. Right. So because you're like you're saying Greg released the MMA Sims as if I have the technological ability to do any of that. All I do is play DFS, use the tools, test them. And then I tell the people who are much smarter than me, I would like it to do this. And then they go and do it because they're like wizards. They do magic. So I just make suggestions like these are things I would like for my DFS play. And then people who are much smarter than me are able to build the tools. And then I put out videos on how to use them afterwards. But I don't want to I don't want to take any credit for what our data team and what our what our product team is able to do, because I can't do any of that. All I could do is utilize the tools to play DFS, which you guys could do as well for UFC 297, because if you sign up using the link we have below and that promo code 297, you're going to get 30 percent off. But Emac, I just don't want to take credit for something I can't take credit for. All right. Well, I you you've got the screenshots. Uh, it's good. I see that uh, uh, Humboldt said he learned yesterday. You're not just supposed to play the Sims lineup in cash. Expensive lesson. Yes. So that I can speak to. So with, when we're looking at the simulated ROI that is prepared there for, um, as you can see, what, with what Greg is doing on the Sims, that's on essentially an unlimited time horizon. Of course, that's going to be incredibly difficult to realize, right? Especially if you look at something like NFL, where there's you know 18 regular season weeks and three decent uh, playoff weeks, um, where there's at least two game uh, or four game slates. It's going to be kind of tricky. You you need those extra reps, the sub slates, the showdowns, the sports like basketball and baseball where you're getting uh, constant multiple slates per day. That helps you realize these things a little more quickly. This is not something that will create a good cash game lineup for you because inherently 
to get that ROI, it's looking at range of outcomes. How can I leverage against the field, against other players who are um, getting gaining popularity and their range of outcomes and who has the higher, you know, the beta, the, the, the wider the error bars are, uh, the variable there and figuring it out. That's not going to be helpful in cash games. Cash games, you really do want mostly the most the most popular plays. They're popular for a reason, especially for uh, for NBA, MLB. We'll talk about that. I love playing cash games uh, in the DK single entry um, double ups because I think people play them wrong, and I've had good success there. NFL, you're basic or uh, NBA, you're basically doing a two v two, three v three at best. Um, but yeah, don't don't play the Sims in in head to head cash games. You're going to to see yeah, some, you'll be unique your lineup will be unique i guarantee that <laughs> yeah it's the the lineups that are being built in our simulations it's it's for a gpp setting so when you're looking at stuff like hey this lineup is a high cash rate or high simulated roi that's like emax said it's for it's for a tournament setting and it's taking into you know range of outcomes and you're actually looking for oftentimes the inverse in gpps you're looking for in cash games so if you did want to use lineups from the contest generator or the sims for cash games which i don't recommend doing just sort by projected fantasy points and just play whichever mm -hmm. one is projected for the most fantasy points although that's not really the best way to go about it either yeah yeah but uh and that's and that's actually one last thing you you gotta understand the payouts and the math and I, I know humble does so this this isn't for him but what is the most you can win in a double up you can double your money. What's the most you can win in a GPP? A boatload, right? So that's the ROI issue, right? You need that 20 misses and that one grab at the brass ring makes up for, you know, winning 14 out of out of uh, out of uh, of uh, 20 head to head slates. Alrighty, Greg, that was our little bit of uh, NBA DFS strategy there. Since this is the strategy show, thank you everybody for coming here on the weekends. I know a lot of you don't get to watch the strategy show or the process during the week. You can catch the process. Uh, it is available Sunday mornings now because Josh Engelman is a madman. He Josh is on, on vacation. Josh I was going to say he's on vacation this week, but please do note that that is going to be a feature going forward, especially as NFL winds down. It will give you something to watch on Sundays and it'll be all ready for you when you wake up because Josh again is a madman who wakes up even earlier than I do. All righty Greg, are you ready for the next game here or do you want to play out uh, Atlanta if Trey is ah uh, let's skip that for live before lock. We got plenty of time. The slate will be turned on its head. Anyway, let's go to the Raptors and the Knicks. Feels like a very fun game tonight. A lot of remember me going on because of the trade that happened three Sundays ago. So this one is going to be a spirited game. Uh, Toronto eight, did I get that right? They must be uh, underdogs, right? Nine, I must've written that backwards. I'm guessing they're eight point underdogs in New York. Right. Uh, you've got the, the Knicks um, and this and Raptors have a 228 implied point total here. Jakob Pertl has missed the last seven games. He's out again tonight with an ankle issue. Jason Hart, is questionable. He missed the last game with a sore knee for Toronto. This is a three and four for Toronto. They also play on Monday uh, against Memphis. This is not a back-to-back -back for them. This is also a three and four for New York, not a back-to-back. -back. They play on Tuesday against Brooklyn. Nobody on the injury report here for the Knicks. How do you want to break this one down uh, for us, Greg? Any uh, No Pascal Siakam anymore for Toronto. They're assimilating the new Knicks players that they have probably get to see uh, Bruce Brown Jr. Who knows who they're starting at center here? Uh, it'll be a coin flip between 
um, Porter and uh, Thaddeus Young, but they're going to split those 48 minutes in a tough matchup here. The Knicks have been one of the best defensive efficiency teams since getting uh, OG Ananobi from the Raptors. The Knicks have been right around 104 points per 100 possessions since, uh, since Ananobi has joined them. This could be a slobber knocker, but it could be a spirited game. I'm looking forward to actually watching this one. And I never say that about the Knicks, Greg. Take us through the Raptors. Yeah, there's really not a lot to like in this game. We saw, as you mentioned, Pascal Siakma's trade. These two teams were involved in a trade with each other where we saw OG Ananobi ship to the Knicks. In return, we had RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly head to Toronto. But the Knicks are a very stout defensive team. The Toronto Raptors have one of the lowest team totals on the slate, and the team has been priced up for the moves that we've seen. But I, I don't really think that we know exactly how to allocate the minutes for this team. Gary Trent is here, came off the bench, and was in the closing lineup for the Toronto Raptors in his first game. I would, I would not at all be surprised if we saw Bruce Brown start over Gary Trent. Consensus here, I assume that this is not going to be a hot take. Most people are going to... Uh, be, be in agreements with me on this, but Bruce Brown is a better NBA player than Gary Trenton. I do think that we either see Bruce Brown start over Trent or in a lot of games, we're going to see Bruce Brown close with Trent on the bench in those closing lineups. So last slate, the ownership was fairly ridiculous to me on Gary Trent. We saw him coming close to 40% as one of the most popular players on the slate. And it was one where I don't really think he should have projected well. And now we're seeing people are not playing Gary Trent today because we saw the kind of role that Bruce Brown was going to have on the team. So I don't get to any exposure here to Toronto. That applies to both DraftKings and FanDuel. I just don't think this is a good spot really for either side of the game, the the Knicks or the Raptors. The Knicks, it depends if, if Josh Hart is out, that could open up a little bit of extra value. But as things stand now, I hardly get to anything on either side of the game. You guys will see right here on screen, my most rostered player from the Raptors, I've got 2% in here of Scotty Barnes at the moment. And on the Knicks side of the game, it's 7% of Jalen Brunson, 7% of Julius Randle. But these guys are projected for double-digit ownership. So I'm underweight to everything on the Knicks is picking up ownership as well. Uh, one thing that is actually potentially worthwhile here, and these are the situations I'd like to look at for some of the pick'em sites, Greg, is you can look at uh, like uh, Brunson and Randall. Both of them are usually intriguing for their uh, points scored, props, uh, their PRAs, uh, and assists in particular for, for Brunson, um, rebounds for Randall. I like to look at those in situations where I may not be getting to these guys in the DFS world, just because I think there is an advantage in the matchup for them. Of course, that is going to be factored in to the, the numbers and the, the, the props and the pick'em sites as well but it is one way you can start to look at things and you know hey i'm gonna watch this game i'm gonna make a little three leg three legger with uh, two legs from this game it's kind of fun to do but that's something uh, you can you can look at even when dfs is not uh, uh the, the table stakes shall we say anything else you want to call out from this relatively neutral game from our dfs lens no and i wouldn't even call it neutral i just think it's a game to uh, mostly avoid but definitely watch, at least in my house. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in Minnesota taking on the T-Wolves. Thunder are three-point underdogs. Uh, Timberwolves uh, are looking pretty healthy. It's a three and four for them, not a back-to-back, -back, though. They play on Monday in Charlotte. Uh, OKC, most everybody healthy, with the exception of Lugens Dort, who has missed the last game with an illness. Uh, he's questionable. The Thunder last played on Thursday, uh, and they don't play again until Tuesday when they take on Portland. So kind of an island game here for both teams. 
Uh, what what are you getting here? And are are you looking at a potential duel here between SGA and uh, the Ant Man? Yeah. So uh, nothing from the OKC set. There's a lot of spots in this slate that are just not really great ones to target. And uh, this is another one. The total 229. That's actually a fairly comparable total to a lot of the games on the slate. 229 for the Toronto Knicks game. 229 for the Cleveland Atlanta game. 229 for the Philadelphia Atlanta game. Uh, but for this one, we got fairly expensive players here. SGA, very expensive. Chet, fairly expensive. Jalen Williams also. We've seen him get priced up quite a bit as late. He's playing great basketball, but I think he's reached a ceiling price to where we don't really want to get there. And then as far as Josh Giddy goes, something else we've talked a good amount about as far as Giddy is concerned is that his minutes generally end up being kind of restricted. Here's where this could change, though, Emac. You mentioned Lou Dort, questionable, right? So if Lou Dort sits... Josh Giddy last game without Lou Dort played 30 minutes. That is the most that he had played since, let's see, since a game in early November against the Phoenix Suns. It was actually the first time he played over 30 minutes in two months. So with that being in mind, if we once again see Lou Dort sit for the Thunder, it looks like we could pretty clearly say that, hey, Josh Giddy's going to pick up a few extra minutes and Casey Wallace moved into the starting lineup. So on a slate that's kind of lacking in value, I think that those are the guys to If Dort plays, which is what our projections are assuming right now, nothing looks good from OKC. If Dort sits, though, Josh Giddy, Casey Wallace both get into play. All righty here. Oh, this is a very abbreviated slate. I thought there was a 9 o'clock game. Turns out there's three 8 o'clock games. Uh, so that was the first one. Uh, anything in particular you want to call it there from the Minnesota side? Perhaps some of their front courts, uh, any any individual matchups that look intriguing? Yeah, so let's go over to the Minnesota side of the game. And as far as the matchup is concerned, like, no, it's not all appealing from that end. It's, it's a difficult matchup. OKC, very good defensive team. Minnesota also, pretty good defensive team. Great real-life game, but... Uh, there's definitely more interest for the DFS aspect of this game in the Minnesota side of this for me than there is on the OKC side. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he remains a little bit too cheap. We saw a really brutal matchup of games for Minnesota, and not that this is a particularly easy game either, but we saw players really get priced down from Minnesota because of this stretch of games that I'm about to go through right here, and this has led to a bunch of guys who I think we should be getting to, like Anthony Edwards, I'm a little bit overweight to him, single-digit ownership on Carl Anthony Towns. That is something of interest to me. And here's these games I'm talking about. We had the Timberwolves play the Clippers, the Celtics, in Boston that was, at Orlando, at Dallas, at Houston, against the Pelicans, on the road against the Knicks, against the Lakers, against the Dallas Mavericks, on the road against the Thunder. So because of that stretch of games where just it was really, really difficult matchups, we saw fantasy production wane a little bit for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Prices came down, and they haven't really picked back up yet. So a uh, tough matchup, but just because of what the price points are, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, they both make it into lineups for me here on DraftKings. And then as far as these players are concerned for the FanDuel side of things, they're a little bit more expensive there, particularly Anthony Edwards, $9,200. But an $8,200 Carl Anthony Towns at only 10% ownership, same sort of deal with me on DraftKings. Carl Anthony Towns is somebody should be closer to 20% owned than 10%. So he's worth being overweight to on both sides. All right. Uh, have you looked at Rudy Gobert's recent game stretch? So hitting on on the you called out the different individual matchups or team matchups that they have there. But his uh, his five last five games now in that stretch, he did. He sat out one game, but he's averaging 35 minutes 
19.2 points, 14.6 rebounds, uh, one and a half assists, 3.2 blocks. Those are some pretty serious numbers there. He's worked his way in nicely now to the rotation. Last year uh, didn't quite work out. He and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, when they were actually both available, were having some trouble coexisting. That does not seem to be much of a problem uh, this season here. I'm sure he's still not. Ever. Was it? It was last year that he like threw a punch at somebody, one of his teammates, like right before the play-in tournament or something. Greg, am I remembering that correctly? Rudy Gobert got mad. It was it was uh, Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson got into a little bit of a skirmish during a timeout in the middle of a game. That's what ended up happening. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that's who it was. It was uh, Kyle I, I think it was. I was like, it was some veteran. I can't remember what it was, and it was some veteran calling him out for not paying attention in the huddle or doing something stupid. Uh, but yeah, he took he took umbrage. But anyway, neither here nor there. But those are some pretty impressive stat lines that he has, he has posted uh, recently here for someone that I think a lot of us may have written off as a fantasy option. I don't think we really want to do that um, on the go forward, although we'll probably want to be more careful with the matchups uh, in any event. Uh, anything else you would like to hit on from this matchup? Uh, no, not really. It's It's a game where Minnesota has some viable... Players from a GPP perspective here, like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, but nothing else really that uh, stands out, especially not from the OKC side, unless Lou Dort is out, like we mentioned. Yeah, uh, and then just calling out Gobert is the eighth most popular player right now on Yahoo. There are three centers ahead of him, but uh, remember, you do have the utility spot there. I like, I like calling out Yahoo from time to time. Uh, there's overlay there, Greg. It's not every night. Sometimes our contest fell early, but... Uh, if you keep tabs on it, you can usually play at a reduced rate over there. Uh, always trying to find ways to uh, save a little something for future slates. Two to go here. We are going to discuss our next matchup. That will be the Memphis Grizzlies in Chicago taking on the Bulls. Um, Grizzlies, eight-point underdogs. That should be no surprise. Uh, to 18 uh, projected point total here. Just a reminder for the Grizzlies, no John Morant, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, or Laravia. Uh, also, Derek Rose is out as well. So this is entirely a team left of understudies, um, with the um, exception of a couple veterans here and there. This team last played on Thursday. They play Monday in Toronto. Uh, so there is some interest uh, in some of their uh, lesser-known players, I think. Uh, Chicago, the only people that are on the injury report right now, actually only person, uh, is Patrick Williams. He is dealing with a sore ankle. He did play in the last game, but I think he had missed two uh, prior to that. Um, that was on Thursday. The next game for Chicago will be on Monday. So, again, no back-to-backs on either side uh, for this one. How do you like some of the relatively unknown players here from the Memphis side? Yeah, so uh, this is a spot that is picking up a good amount of ownership in my lineups, in particular going to Santi Aldama. Aldama, who is projected for not no ownership, right, 17%, but it's not like he's uber chalk or anything like that. But in my lineups here, Emac, where we have Aldama projected for 25 and a half fantasy points. That is enough for Aldama to show up in two thirds of my lineup. So one of the players that I'm most overweight to and very positively leveraged to Santi Aldama power forward and center eligibility here on DraftKings over on FanDuel. Totally different. Cause Santi Aldama is priced all the way up to $5,800. So I don't really want to pay 5,800 for Santi Aldama, 
but his depressed DraftKings price, he is somebody who stands out a whole ton to me. Xavier Tillman in the front court, he's also a good option. John Conchar, I'm assuming he sticks in the starting lineup, which makes him playable, but maybe a little bit overrunned with the field playing him in a third of lineup. So a uh, lots to like here from the Memphis Grizzlies. And then also, I mean, I'm getting to Luke Kennard in some lineups. Jaron Jackson Jr. in right around 10% of my lineups. Then we look at the FanDuel side of things. Luke Kennard is a chalk play who makes a whole bunch of sense. Uh, only a $5,300 price point on Luke Kennard, who's actually playing point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. This, that's how devoid this team is of playmaking is that Luke Kennard is playing point guard for them. And this is a guy who's basically just a catch and shoot type of offensive player. There's no real playmaking to his game or anything like that, but who else do they have to handle the ball? And why does it even matter? Everybody's out for this team. They're not competing for anything. So they're just throwing guys out on the court to play minutes. They're, they're trying to get to the end of the season at this point. So Luke Kennard, last couple of games as a starter, 32, 32, 33 minutes. We should expect that to continue. He's one of the top overall plays on FanDuel. And John Conchar, also in play on FanDuel, same as DraftKings. More of a cash play than a GPP play at the kind of ownership he's picking up because it's a little bit too much for me. So I will be underweight to the field on John Conchar. All right. Is there? I don't. I can't think of a good way to to phrase this this particular ask here. So when when looking at the likes of Vince William or uh, Gigi, don't call me Gregory Jackson, are are they going to move the needle at all for you, or was that more of a of a kind of a flash in the pan moment? Uh, a couple. Uh, couple slates ago when they last played and some of them popped up into some prominence here i don't see it tonight with seven games but uh are are those on perhaps a three game late slate the kind of guys you would be looking at that'd be uh, uh williams um both williams zyre and vince and then uh gg uh, jackson yeah, so I haven't looked at the late slate to be okay. able to comment on it. I haven't built lineups for it or really looked at it. So uh, no comment on that aspect of it. As far as Gigi Jackson, I don't have exposure to him in these lineups, but we talk about this a lot on the channel as far as projections go. There's a range of outcomes when you give players minutes, but in projections, you can only give guys one set of minutes. You can only say, I'm going to guess this guy plays this amount of minutes, and that's what it is. It's your best educated guess now. Last game, we only saw 10 minutes out of Gigi Jackson. The two previous games, he played 29 and 27 minutes. As far as a deep GPP play goes, uh, as a guy with no ownership, I wouldn't mind building some lineups and doing an ROI boost to Jackson within the Sims tool to maybe force myself to get to a few lineups with him. So if you're somebody who's playing one lineup, wouldn't consider Gigi Jackson. But if you're somebody who's playing 150 lineups, like I frequently do, wouldn't mind doing an ROI boost to G.J. Jackson and forcing him into some lineups. Yeah, that, and that's it's just kind of an interesting one. The other one is Jacob uh, Gilliard. Don't play him. I was talking about this, uh, I believe it was, must have been last weekend. I was talking about this with someone that wasn't, it was not you, Greg, uh, I don't think. But I was I was calling out that he just, he doesn't score. And it's, it's kind of an issue. And he was a, a four- or five-year starter in college. His best year was like his sophomore year. He scored like 16 points a game. His next three seasons after that, I guess technically his sophomore year was his second year, but he played was a starter for three more years. He didn't average more – or in that time, he averaged between 12.5 and 13.5 and points. He, you can look at his, his uh, game logs. He just doesn't shoot the ball. His two best games, he knocked down three uh, three-pointers. Basically, I'm going from memory here, but he was someone I called out the under on a couple times on his PRA just because he was passing the ball. But he was like 
a poor man's homeless man's destitute man's uh jason kidd from back in the day when kid you know was was the point guard just never shot the ball uh so it's just rather interesting so just certain call-outs are, i like to look at that some of these uh these wagers we'll look at odd chopper in just a sec here greg but let's finish up our last game uh game number seven reminder we'll be going through this again once we have all of the news at six o'clock tonight there'll be the nba live before lock but for now we're going to uh wind up our dfs portion of the show with the utah jazz um, uh, can we, well, uh, sorry one sec uh we should talk about yep. the bold side of the game oh, because it's actually the one that's making sorry. it into a lot of my lineup so don't want to pass over it because i think this is one of the more uh important pieces on the slate in uh Patrick Williams, who, if you guys see here, is making his way into two-thirds of my lineups. And uh, he is listed as questionable for today. So we're going to have to confirm that Patrick Williams is in because uh, if he's out, then clearly he's not going to be in two-thirds of my lineups. But he's a massive piece of chalk on this slate. We've got 44% projected ownership going to Patrick Williams, 31% to DeMar DeRozan, 21% to Nikola Vucevic. So uh, why? Why are these guys so popular, Emac? Well, because Zach Levine is hurt once again. Zach Levine is expected to be out for uh, like a few weeks here, something along those lines. With that being the case, he may be out through the trade deadline. That's a possibility. But then also, with him off the court, there's extra usage for Kobe White, extra usage for DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, extra playing time, as well as extra usage for Patrick Williams. We just have to confirm that he is going to be in. If he sits, then there's extra playing time to guys like Alex Caruso and Ayo Dosunmu. But this is a team that really stands out because Zach Levine is out and they have a great matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, this is one of the best overall teams to target on the slate in the Chicago Bulls. And the same goes for FanDuel purposes as well. Io DeSumo is a good piece of chalk over on FanDuel. Patrick Williams makes sense there as well at the $4,700 price tag. Just once again, I have to confirm that he's in. So the Bulls overall are one of the teams that I get the most exposure to. Thank you. I had missed that he is out. Let me just see. Was it the yeah? So it was the last game where he got hurt. Played twenty four minutes. Came out early uh, in the fourth quarter. Or, okay. All right. Sorry. Thank you for this. Is why I got you get help. Get by with a little help from my friends. Great. You can get high with a little help from your friends. I believe they work at the uh, dispensary. But, uh, I don't have I fun. don't have any friends. I don't need help with that. You just because you know. Here's one thing they don't tell you: you don't have to be friends with anybody at the dispensary for them to give you drugs. You just show up with money and they give it to you. Ooh, novel concept here. Novel yeah, yeah, down yeah. here in Florida, there's there are little tiny doctor's offices right next to all of the dispensaries for medical marijuana. Um, I wonder why they're located there. They're they're literally just like you walk in and get a script and then walk out. I think that's probably not what the law was intended to do there, Greg. But hey, Florida, uh, learn something new every time. All right, now are we okay to move on to our last game of the night? Uh, yes, we can do. Now I'll, I'll grant you permission to move on to the last okay. game. Much appreciated. Uh, the Houston Rockets will be hosting the Utah Jazz. Rockets are home favorites by a bucket. 233 implied point total here. This is a three and four, though not a back-to-back -back for Utah. Their next game is Tuesday in New Orleans. Houston is going to be without Tariq Tari Eason. Uh, this will be the 10th game he has missed with his leg issue. Uh, in a surprise note, I did not realize, somehow I missed, that, Rand, uh, that uh, Reggie Bullock is on uh, this team, but he is uh, questionable. He's missed the last two games with the sore back. Uh, Houston has been off since Wednesday. They do play tomorrow uh, against Boston 
here. I am really liking Fred Van Elite tonight. He is popping up, and I actually liked, like Alperin Shingun as well. Not really sure what to do here with the Jazz, Greg. Is there anything that's popping up in the Sims for you for Utah? So let's go over to the Utah side first. I pulled up Houston because that is the uh, more fantasy relevant side. Like there's a couple of guys that make it into my lineups for the Utah Jazz. And that's been the case on some of these slates. But you can't prioritize anything because this team has been a juggernaut really over the course of the last month or so. But the way that they're beating teams and winning, and it's something that you could do in the regular season, you can't do in the playoffs, is win with depth where they just go and they're playing guys who are all fresh. So they're running a 10-man rotation. Everybody plays like 24 to 26 minutes. You could project north of 30 minutes for Laurie Markin. You can't confidently project anybody else on this team for north of 30 minutes, which then means you can't really confidently say anybody looks like a great DFS option. So, you know, if we're going to have Chris Dunn go play like 22 to 24 minutes, Walker Kessler, same deal, Fontecchio, you know, there's an upside because every once in a while, some of these guys are going to play well, and then they land in a closing line if they get themselves some extra minutes. But for the most part, this is a team that we don't really want to be targeting. If you get lineups here and there, last man in with them, that's kind of the situation I have here. That's all well and good. If you're playing single entry, though, don't play any guys from the Houston, from the from the Utah Jazz side of the game against the Rockets. Also, a really difficult matchup. The Rockets are a really good def- or they have been a really good defensive team this year. This is how good Utah has been as of late. This is nearly a pick 'em on the road in Houston. Like six weeks ago, if these teams would have played in this in this matchup, Emac in Houston, I think we would have seen Houston as like a seven and a half or eight point favorite or something like that. So uh, Utah Jazz, not a team I really want to be getting to on this slate. Uh, the same can't be said for the Houston side, though. All right, I I had called out Van Vliet and Alperin Shingun. Are the Sims in agreement there? Uh, and anybody else bubbling up for us? Yeah, so this is a spot right here with the Houston Rockets where good matchup against the Utah Jazz. As good as the Jazz have been is primarily due to their offense, not the defense, and they play at a fast pace as well. So if we look at the Houston side of the game, Shangun, I'm getting to him in two-thirds of my lineups. Fred Van Fleet, he shows up in about half of my lineups. Jalen Green is in a quarter of my lineups. I got Eamon Thompson as a value option, 20%. Jabari Smith is showing up in 15%. This is a really, really good team to be targeting from Houston. Uh, it's a good matchup against the Jazz. The spread is, like I said, only two and a half. 233 and a half total. That is the second highest on the slate. The only game that's really remotely close to this is the, or I should say, the only game higher total is that Wizards-Spurs game. And every other game is a 230 total or less there. So, yeah, I think the Houston Rockets are a team we really, really want to be targeting. Uh, Shingun's my overall favorite payoff option on the slate. All right. Let's quickly look here at Odd Shopper. Odd Shopper is uh, a fun little site here. It's our sister site. Uh, it is. It, Greg even works at Odd Shopper too. Someone was asking if uh, if you work just sixty hours this week. I think sixty hours this weekend, Greg. Somehow you're going to make that uh, that Which, uh, come to also, fruition here. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't work. Like I, the the doing shows is just fun, right? Like this isn't my work. There's there's other stuff that I do that is work here. That's really like the majority of what I do. This is this is just the fun stuff I get to do when I'm not working. Is just doing shows and talking about sports or you know DFS, whatever. Like I did MMA content, NFL, NBA. So work. This isn't work. I know it's it's always funny. I, I love seeing the the discourse on 
you know, DFS jobs. And usually once a year, we'll get the don't work for $15 an hour or whatever the, the, the opening social media jobs are at DFS sites. People are like, oh, you're worth more than that. And the answer is, hey, so I do compensation. That's my day job. I, I've done this for close to 20 years now. There's no barrier to entry into the DFS world and these types of jobs where you can work remote and from home, right? So those are the jobs that end up being on the lower paying side. And this isn't DFS in 2017 when the sites were just paying people for content. Now you've got to wear multiple hats if you want to make this a full-time gig. You need to understand analytics and marketing and customer service and payroll and all sorts of other things uh, that most of us do here behind the scenes that you guys don't get to see, but that's what makes everything move here. Uh, I've got up on screen here, Odd Shopper. So this is a very, very helpful tool. Um, I'm just showing, uh, this is just a, a wide open uh, look at all of the leagues, the best bets. So you could, you could filter this by league. You can look at specific sports books. You can filter on um, the different pick'em sites if your state is not enlightened, like Florida is not enlightened. So I usually use this for the uh, the uh, pick'em sites. But you can see here, this is why it's important to shop on. So this is a good demonstration here. So we have Devin Singletary, the over of uh, 15 and a half carries um, is, is the best wager. And you can see that along the line here, there are different folks. Some are offering 14 and a half, some are offering 15 and a half, some are all the way up to plus money. So uh, ESPN and bet uh, 365 and points bet look like the best offers because here you go. They're saying, uh, you know, uh, they're giving you that little extra cookie uh, for the over, yet you get hammered on things like Sugar House and Bet MGM for these. Uh, another example is Dawson Knox here. So if we want to look at the under, and you'll find that there are most of the value tends to be on unders because everybody wants to root for overs. So the sports books tend to push those uh, in the prop world as best they can because they know that's where people want to go. And then they hit you a second time uh, with the biggerish or the juice, as they call it. But here you can see we say the under 15 and a half receiving yards for Dawson Knox. You can see that points bets is offering that at minus 120. Pinnacle drops it three yards lower. And then also hit you with another uh, nine or almost a full percent there on on the juice. You got to be careful with this stuff, guys. This is this is what eats away at your bankroll. So you want to be smart, uh, learn how to get that. This is pretty cool because you can you can break those out for any of the bets. Um, you can filter this by expected value. We have the special odd shopper rating, win percentage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, if you are into using uh, the the pick'em sites, you can create it'll create the best cards for you. Uh, like here, we're looking at prize picks, but it'll go through, pull every uh, bet that they currently have available. You can uh, ask it to to set you up, um, you know, one of their 6X cards. You can ask it for a power card, uh, et cetera, and it will give you the best options available. So very, very helpful, uh, especially for some of those pick'em sites that are only on mobile. If you're an old guy like me and have a hard time seeing that damn little phone, uh, you can find your wagers here and then just go look them up on the mobile site. So that is Odd Shopper. You can get this for $14.95 per week or $49.95 per month. It also comes with access to the full Discord channel where you get all of the other contributors. One other fun uh, thing here is the expert pick section, uh, which uh, you can see I geolocate to Florida, but uh, it'll pop up here. It's got all of our, our people that uh, focus on this all the time putting in picks. So you can see that Greg's got one posted here for the over 272 and a half for Jared Goff passing yards, uh, and he locked that in two days ago. So there we go.
All right, Greg, any final thoughts before we head on out of here? No, that is, uh, that's it for me, for me, Mac. That's it for Greg. Two o'clock, we have the NHL strategy, strategy show. Uh, at 2.30, you're going to get the NFL Deeper Dive, which, uh, of course, is going to bring Lafayette and Ben Raza. They will be talking about uh, both the four-game and the two-game slate. You're also going to get NFL Live Before Lock. That'll be at 3.30. That is going to be Eric Lindquist and Matt Kajeski. And then at 6 o'clock tonight, you're going to get Greg and I again breaking down everything after the 5.30 injury reports for the NBA slate. With that, you can follow Greg at G Ehrenberg DFS on Twitter. I am at Emac DFS. And of course, it is stochastic underscore com. With that, gamers, good luck. <laughs>